Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us for another Soul Talk. We're looking forward to sharing with you some of the learnings that we've had about family systems and dynamics, and specifically today in the area of collusion. And collusion is kind of an unconscious pattern that we can get into. And Bill, we kind of disrupted an unconscious pattern in our relationship this weekend. We did. What happened? I don't, <laughs> well, do, I don't collude with anybody. I don't, I don't have any collusion problems. <laughs> well, usually you're the one that kind of engages in adventure and sports with our kids. And I'm kind of the one that's not, you know, maybe I'm the one that's relaxing or spectating or cheerleading. But this weekend we got an opportunity where I got to participate in some sports with our kids and you relaxed. We went to the beach and and you went out surfing. It was so fun. Dreams still come true at 55. You said you had a blast. (laughs) I did have a blast. It was really fun. (laughs) I had so much fun playing in the ocean water with our kids, and I was really grateful for it. It was a lot of fun. And I got to cheerlead for you. You did. Way to go, Christy. Ride those waves. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm going to be a continual surfer at any point here, but it was sure fun. And You conquered your fear of deep waters and jellyfish and sharks. Yes, I did. I was in, David found a perfect spot for me that I didn't have any fear and I felt felt safe to just have fun have a blast (laughs) well that's fun so we 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 got out of the uh, collusion dynamic um, uh, and reversed the roles and that's what you want (laughs) to do with collusion is you you don't want to be stuck in a in a role so we're going to be talking with you about a number of different patterns of collusion in relationship these relate to to marriage they relate to all family relationships with uh, kids uh, siblings uh, to your friends, your coworkers, any relationship that you're in, if there's a, a proximity of uh, being together, working together, you're prone to these uh, some of these dynamics of colluding together without realizing the the collusion pattern. And basically, collusion is a is a polarity. So so Christie's uh, referencing one of you know one person might be sort of the adventurous one, the the risk taker, and the other one's sort of the more the more cautious, the more, you know, be, be the spectator. And so if in our relationship between Christy and me, if I'm always the one that's doing the adventures and taking the risks, and then you're always the one that's cheerleading, and we get, get fixed into those roles, that, that can be stifling of your spirit, Christy, where you need to adventure, or um, stifling for the opportunity for me to support you. Yeah, or we, when we had small kids, it was kind of like you got to be the fun one to play with the kids and interact with the kids, and then I started to feel resentment, like I always had to be the one to bring the bad news, to spoil the fun, to bring the practicality, to make what you know, bring the discipline, and so we were conscious of that, and we talked about that, and then that enabled you to be conscious because you weren't meaning to do that to me, put me in the role where I had to be the party pooper. You just weren't conscious of it. You were just enjoying your kids. And so as we talked about that consciously, we were able to even that out. Yeah, and the important thing is how we talk about that, of course, and a topic that we often 
uh, bring home to you who are listening is importance of empathy, the importance of really listening to people that we're in relationship with in our family, our church, or that we're working with and asking questions and being curious and validating emotions and being tenderhearted. Because if you just jump in with a, uh, a correction or uh, advice or an insight or you always do this, that sort of a thing, then it's uh, uh, exacerbating the conflict. Oftentimes, Bill, when we're listening to someone talk about something painful in their relationship, you and I are often able to identify where there's some collusion going on, and that's totally unconscious to the couple. They're not aware of it for the most part. It's just become something that is a pattern, almost an unspoken expectation, and sometimes it works to the advantage. So like this morning, you were on your computer and you were responding to an email and I came up and approached you and you were sharing with me that you were you were offended by this email. And in that case, I kind of walked away and I opened up the email too because I was copied on it and I hadn't read it yet. And I, because you had told me you were offended by it, when I read it, I read it through different eyes and so I didn't have a response of feeling offended. Instead, I had more of a rational response to it and more of an empathy response to the person that wrote it and probably what they were trying to communicate. And um, So, you know, this is great. You're, you're the rational one and I'm the emotional <laughs> one. <laughs> well, See, in, we reverse roles. In response to this email. But, but what, what happened there was I was conscious I became conscious of it. It's like, oh, there's some collusion going on here. See, he can afford to feel all the anger and offense for our relationship right now. And so that affords me to not have to feel any of that. Oh, isn't that pleasant? I can just be all calm about this email. And the good thing about that was as I as I woke up to that and realized that, then I was able to actually start praying for you and even for the person who sent the email in our relationship. And it was it was helpful for me because if I hadn't been aware of collusion, what I might have done is judged you for your response, and I might have tried to fix your response. Yeah, like you, you might have said to me, what, if you were just operating out of sort of a unconscious reaction? Yeah, I, I might have said, um, well, why are you so angry about this? Or you seem really angry. Or so, like, I might have said something critical about some anger that I perceived. Or you, you would have explained to me that this uh, person who emailed us and what, what they really meant and that it, uh, it really wasn't uh, a, a, to talk a disrespect. to you out of what you were feeling. Yeah, it really wasn't a disrespect of us. And so I didn't need to feel uh, uh, hurt or frustrated or uh, put down in, in any way. And I should really just think about what where he's coming from with the email. And, and then you would have felt all the more alone and misunderstood with this issue. Yeah, yeah, I, w I w would have put more fuel in the fire of, of the uh, anger I was having, yeah. Well, and then I would have offended you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's the power of uh, being aware of an unconscious collusion dynamic and reflecting on that uh, and then engaging in what we call meta-communication, communicating about the communication pattern like we're doing right now where we, we talk about this dynamic and sort of the roles that were going on there so that we can understand each other. Yeah, and so often I'll see a couple where one person will really be grieving deeply and the other person won't be de grieving at all. 
And oftentimes I'll think there's some collusion going on there where this one person is carrying all of the grief for the relationship and it's keeping them kind of stuck in the grief. And it's also keeping the other one protected from it totally. And neither of them really realize this at all, but it can cause a real disconnect in the, in the intimacy. Yeah. Cause one of the collusion dynamics is one person is emotional and the other is rational. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, this could be any, any relationship where there's some closeness, uh, some connection there. And so, yeah, if you're, you're the one that's emotional, that's sort of a, a hard place to be. You're, you're, you're feeling for yourself and other people, you're having reactions, there's, there's intensity, and it's a particularly hard place to be if you're alone with that or you, you're, the person you're in relationship with is all rational and ideological about it and matter of fact and just wanting to solve the problem and be objective and all that can be, be very offensive to you. On the other side, if you're the, the one that's playing out the head role there, the person who is emotional, it, it can feel really intrusive to you, like you're being dumped on and and it, it sort of offends your, your sensibilities and your sense of what's true and right and fair and all that kind of a thing. And so there, there's a a pattern there where we can react off of each other, where, where each, uh, each person is offending the other without intending to or realizing it, and then the reaction of each makes the other one worse, and so, so that stretches that polarity out and gets each person, each person fixed. The, the more that you're emotional, the more that I'm rational. The more that I'm rational, the more you're emotional, and then we get schismed. And those patterns can be really painful, especially if you feel stuck in one, and you feel like you're not given a, a, a different role you feel like you have to be the one to be carrying all the fear in the relationship. You have to be the one that's paying attention to all the serious things in the relationship. Maybe you feel like the other person doesn't, you know, doesn't care about anything. But usually in any role where there's somebody that's over-functioning and somebody that's under-functioning, we're not in touch with the pain that comes with the other person's role. Well, and overfunctioning and underfunctioning is an, is another of these uh, collusion polarities, and we're we're going to uh, define all of these in our blog this week. I think all of you know that our blog and podcast are uh, usually on a similar subject, and so uh, if you liked one, you're going to like the other because it's going to go deeper for you and get you a different angle onto it. Yeah, so the one that's like over responsible and then the one that's under responsible those those two. Uh, sides of the polarity can play off of each other uh, in unconscious ways that make each worse and, and more stressful. So, you know, I was raised in a family, um, some of you know, if you've been listening to Soul Talks, oldest of five children. Uh, both my grandfathers worked in the steel mill and my dad worked in the steel mill as a young man. And I was thinking about this in the movie we were watching uh, this past weekend. Uh, I, I, I could have been like Rudy, you know, it's like I... I I had this uh, stock, uh, I come from this stock of steel workers and football players. <laughs> my grandfather played football with Red Grange. I mean, it's like, you know, my dad was all city football in Chicago. And so I was raised in this culture of, of toughness and, and aggression and uh, fighting, fighting battles and facing danger. And that was just like part of masculinity. And so it sounds like great training to become a doctor of psychology and a pastor, huh? <laughs> So I've just been all about functioning and um, um, responsibility and accomplishment. And so I'm very prone to the over-functioning role, which uh, can become codependent, where you're like helping, trying to be so helpful that you're rescuing people 
from their, their need to be responsible. And I think, too, that there is something in each of these roles where there's something that feels good that's like reinforcing to you and keeps you going in it. And there's something that there's a cost that's painful that keeps you stuck in it. And when we're not taking time to be aware of that and to be conscious about that and to pay attention to that, then there's no hope of us growing out, out of the role. Yeah. So for me, being an overfunctioner or in our dysfunctional family roles podcast that we just had, we talked about the, like the hero child or the parentified child. Uh, it's so important that we become aware that we're in this role and, and sort of what we like own that and, and come to realize that, well, this isn't just something that was like done to me. It, it there probably are aspects in which we've been damaged uh, in our childhood and other situations in life that have sort of formed us in a bad way. But we make choices to sort of play out that role and we don't realize it in, until we reflect and we process and, and we pray and go through a self-searching sort of process. And so that's what I needed to do. And part of that was to realize that, you know, I pay a price for this over-responsibility. I pay a price with guilt and a resentment and anxiety and, and it's, and it's depressive. And so, you know, making those connections to the uh, distress that I was experiencing in my life from over-functioning all the time and then realizing that, wow, sometimes it's not even helpful. I mean, like I'm trying to be loving and caring, but I'm actually uh, taking over for people when, when they need to be responsible and, and maybe they even want to be responsible. I think that this role of collusion can also change based on what's necessary in the moment in the relationship you're in. So an example of that would be if there's a spider on the ceiling and it's you and I in the room, I might take the role of fear and ask you to take the role of being brave. Well, always, that's, that's the way it goes. But if it's just me and our daughter in the room, then I will take, and she'll see the spider and feel fear, then I'll take the role of the brave. Because she's affording to feel all the fear in the relationship in the room. So I've, that affords me to rise up and be strong and brave, and I'm going to get that spider. Yeah, and that's sort of a, a, a little example. It's sort of fun that it doesn't, it's not really, there's not really a problem there, but it illustrates the point of, of collusion and how it works and how one, one side of the polarity feeds off of the other mm-hmm. and it becomes this unconscious dynamic. But when that becomes a, a habitual pattern in a relationship where, where one person is always bold and brave and the other one is always cautious and fearful, that, that can become a big problem because the one that's bold and brave can feel really held back by the cautiousness of their, their spouse or their uh, family member or friend and, uh, and resent that and push against that and judge and criticize that. And then the one that's, that's the cautious, fearful one can feel like there's all this uh, uh, danger and uh, chaos being unnecessarily brought into my life. Exactly. And so it can Points create a lot of, lot of resentment and uh, conflict and distress and can really separate two people that otherwise love each other. And so what we would encourage you to do is to become aware of these roles that, that are unconscious and to have make space to really listen and have a soul talk about it and talk about how does it feel for each one of you and empathize with each one of you in the roles and, and look for where are there patterns in this in our relationship. And where can we, where can we 
override some of these unconscious patterns that we've got going and where could you know I could I can remember you making choices to do that where you you will kind of woke up listening to me realizing wow you're carrying all the emotion for our family of this maybe how could I carry some of that emotion that's right you would begin to find that emotion within yourself and share it with me and I would feel this relief like oh I'm not alone anymore with this yeah and so to feel your emotions and your weaknesses and your shortcomings and to own that requires learning the, the language of emotion and some uh, really some uh, psychology language, understanding the dynamics of yourself as a person, the, the unconscious aspects of personality issues and needs and uh, stress points and so forth. And so that's a lot of what we do in Soul Shepherding in these podcasts and in our blogs is we try to help you who are listening or reading with us to, to find words for your feelings and words for your faith that uh, maybe haven't been accessible to you until we open up, uh, open up the hood of your soul and, and get in there in the inner workings of the engine and talk about what, what's going on. And that's why some of you, you know, listen to our podcast over and over because you're trying to learn that language and we're, we're trying to put it for you in a context with our own lives and our own personalities and uh, our own relationships and people that talk with us. And that's why we call it the Soul Talks because we're, we're inviting you into real life conversations that hopefully you can relate with Christy or me or the person that we're sharing about. And then that helps you find those words or more specifically, it helps what was unconscious in you to become conscious. And then you have power because the, the, the truth is always our friend. Even when the truth hurts, the truth is our friend. Jesus said, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And he's saying, hey, that's key to discipleship. You want to become like me and become a more loving person? Well, you need to be on the side of truth. You need to pay attention to what is real and right and good and actually happening and of course, that's you know the truth about God and His kingdom, but it's also the truth about our own souls and our own unconscious, whether that's emotions or sins or hurts, whatever's going on there. To be able to name that now, as it becomes conscious, now we have can make some choices. We're not just going to be unconsciously, habitually reacting in a certain way. We can we can think about it. We can we can feel in a different way to make a positive, loving choice. Well, I've been so grateful in our relationship when you've taken courage to speak up and tell me how it feels to be in your role in relationship with me. And I remember one time our son taking courage to do this with us on a family vacation. And at the time, it didn't feel very good, but it was so helpful and good because it enabled me to become aware of some of the ways that there was collusion functioning in our family. And so he spoke up saying that he felt like whenever his sisters had emotion, I was like empathetic to them. But when he had emotion, I was dismissive. And it was because when he had emotion, it came out as anger. And when the girls had emotion, it came out more in tears. And so I was, I was not unconsciously, I wasn't realizing what I was doing, but there was some collusion going on there. And as he spoke up and he said, you know, behind my anger is the same kind of emotion that's behind their tears. Mm -hmm. And I remember when he said that, it was just like, oh, yes, of course. How could I have missed that? But I was un unconscious of it. And I was in this these patterns of colluding here. And it was kind of like, okay, David's, you know, feeling all the anger and the girls are feeling all the sadness, but I wasn't aware of that. And instead I was just reacting to try to 
protect them from his anger instead of recognizing that he was just as hurt as they were. That's so good that David was able to articulate that experience and put words to those emotions that he was having. And that's just that's the power of what we were just saying about naming your your emotions and and your issues and your shortcomings and just finding the language for for that. And, you know, we learn that by being in relationship with someone who is more emotionally aware, more empathetic, more spiritually discerning than we are. And and they're good listeners. And so fortunately, our kids uh, were learning that language of of emotions to uh, be able to talk those things through and, and come to a different way of relating you know, in, in that same situation, there's a potential um, collusion dynamic, a potential family triangle, which is another issue we'll be talking about, of, you know, the way I was raised, oldest of five kids and uh, two younger sisters. And so you can see right there where I could project onto David, oldest uh, son, two younger sisters, and uh, transfer onto him expectations that I had of myself uh, and largely were internalized from expectations my parents had of me. You know, my dad was an oldest child, and so it just kind of like goes down down the line. And so when I got in conflicts with my sisters, it was always my fault. And I was always punished because I was the older one, and I knew better, and I had all these responsibilities and all this kind of thing. And so I had this resentment about it because it wasn't fair. And it would have been easy for me to transfer that on to David, uh, you know, or maybe do the opposite. Sometimes the way we avoid repeating a pattern is we do the opposite and don't realize, well, that's just as much of a problem. And if, you know, I would have not given him any responsibility, any expectations there, that wouldn't have been good either. And if you had done that, it would have been unconscious. You wouldn't have been necessarily aware that you were even doing it. These things are just things where we're, you know, um, what's modeled for us, we tend to kind of live into. Yeah, it would help me become aware of what uh, David or Jenny or Brianna, our three kids, what they might be feeling in situations was the work that I did uh, in my own experience of being in counseling and in my own uh, soul friendships, including with you, Christy, but processing my life and my history and getting a language to describe and understand my, my inner experiences and receiving compassion, receiving validation so that I now have a facility for dealing with these situations. And when I can feel it in myself, then I can feel it in somebody else. And when I can receive grace in my brokenness, then I can participate with the Lord in giving grace to somebody else in their brokenness. And that's what's so important here is for us to realize that Jesus is with us in this. And he, Holy Spirit's a wonderful counselor. It can help us to identify these areas where we're a part of an unconscious collusion that isn't healthy and the Lord wants to grow and free us. So I just want to thank you each for joining us on Soul Talks and just letting the Lord grow you and trusting him to overcome some of the unconscious coping and defense mechanisms that are functioning in your family. And you can ask the Lord to reveal those to you as you're ready for them. I was so excited to read this podcast review that Susan sent in. She said, Thank you for the encouragement. Listening to Soul Talks while I drive to and from work has been a great time to reset my mind and redirect my focus to Jesus. Love that, Susan. And then she said, whatever the topic is, I feel gentle presence of Jesus that helps me to be more at rest. The content's practical and applicable to my everyday life and relationships. It's like I'm being invited into a conversation with a life coach, spiritual director, and soul friends all at the same time. 
Thank you, Susan. We just love that you are listening to Soul Talks with Jesus and that you are receiving from him through this and pray that that continues for you and others. Thanks for taking time to do a podcast review. Really helps us. We'd appreciate it. If you would take time to do that, you can do that by opening up your podcast app and clicking on your library. And then as you scroll down to the very bottom under the Soul Talks podcast, you'll find the opportunity to write a review. You can click a star and just write a quick sentence and we'd appreciate it and it'll help more people join in and receive and and participate with our following Jesus. Lord God, thank you for the great privilege we have to know you and be part of your kingdom and to uh, love others as you love us and to join with you, Jesus, in uh, areas of ministry and leadership And just pray for each of our listeners, Lord, that you would use this podcast and all of our podcasts to help them be more conscious of the inner workings of their soul and in their relationships, Lord, that they might be more in tune with your spirit of grace, more in tune with your words of life, Lord, and just uh, more joyful and more effective in all that they do, God. Free us from unconscious, destructive dynamics of collusion in our families, especially in this time of the pandemic and all of the stress that's going on and all of the divisiveness, Lord. Help us to uh, speak the truth in love with uh, words of grace and gentleness to build each other up and encourage each other. And uh, let no unwholesome word come out of our mouths, as Paul says in Ephesians. Let that be true for all of us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We just want to give a special shout out of thanks for all of you pastors. Many of you listening in are serving the Lord in ministry as a pastor. And it's such an honor for us to have you follow Jesus with us in soul shepherding. You're the heartbeat of our ministry. And we just so want to encourage you and build you up in your soul and your relationships and your leadership because you are the heroes in our world, the way that you are serving God, uh, you know, especially in these crazy times in, in uh, 2020 with the pandemic and all the divisiveness that we've had. And you're just at the front lines with uh, bleeding hearts for people and uh, making the best decisions that you can to shepherd your people well. And so thank you for what you do every day, every week serving the Lord. And this is for you women too. Sometimes when we hear that word pastors, we think it's just the males, but there's a lot of women pastors out there. You're shepherds after God's own heart. You're caring for his people. And so we thank you. We give thanks to God for you. And we thank you and encourage you to continue this good work that you're doing with the Lord for his kingdom. And ministry spouses, whether you're a pastor's wife or a pastor's husband, a lot of you are listening to. And you've got, a, a, in many cases, a secret hidden ministry and, and, a, and a hurting heart and a stressed heart over mm-hmm. all the stuff that you're absorbing. It's hard to know who you could even talk to about it because you're supporting your spouse in ministry and often not being uh, adequately uh, recognized for that. And so many of you listen to Soul Talks and uh, read our blogs and so forth and come to our institute. And so all of you serving the Lord as, as pastors and spouses and in the church and uh, on the mission field, thank you for what you do. It's so important. And we just praise God for you. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 